Welcome to Singing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about controversial things, pre-trib, pre-tribulation rapture, mid-trib, mid-tribulation rapture, post-trib, post-tribulation rapture, and does it make any difference? Does it have anything to do with salvation? Is it essential or critical to one's salvation? Well, of course, we know that all Scripture is given to the prophet with all, and we are to search the Scriptures for them. We thank you we have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. As we look at that, we find in Amos 9, verse 9, that God has commanded to sift the house of Israel among all the nations. Now, the question becomes, who is the Israel? In the Old Testament, we know that Israel is simply the nation Israel. That's God's chosen people, God's chosen nation. Jerusalem is a city. But we also see in the New Testament, he is not a Jew. That is one outwardly, and that's circumcision of the flesh. But he is a Jew that is one inwardly, and that's circumcision of the heart in the spirit, whose praise is not of man, but of God. Now, many say there are Jews that are not because they haven't had the circumcision of the heart in the spirit. There's only one way to get that. To obtain it is through obedience and following the command of God, the commandments. And he says, you must be born again of the water and the spirit. To do that, as Jesus commanded Nicodemus in John 3, that you must be born of the water and the spirit. And Nicodemus thought it was a fleshly birth. But we're birth, not of the spirit, not of the will of men, the will of of flesh, but of God. And that birth is a spiritual birth. It is born of the water and the spirit to be born again. It places in first the heart of man and the spirit. It must be circumcised. The body of the sins of the flesh must be destroyed. That's by baptism. You see that in Romans 6, 1 through 6. You see it again in Colossians 10, uh, 2, 10 through 12. It says that it is by baptism, it's a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, Mark 16. Now, assuming that the body of Christ knows that, then we have to go on into perfection. We have to uh, search the scriptures for them and we think we have eternal life. And these exceedingly great and precious promises are given to us that we are made partakers of his divine nature, that we escape. There's the escape. Now, in Luke 21, it talks about an escape, and many think that means rapture. But escape, escape the corruption of the world through lust. It means that we hold on to the divine nature of God through holiness. And that is determined by our obedience, not just imputed to us simply because we were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and received the Holy Ghost. We see that in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him, are you the servants to, to whom you obey? Even though you have the Holy Ghost, whether of sin unto death, carnal mindedness, be carnally minded as death, or of obedience unto righteousness. And uh, that is the call that we have in each one of our lives that are called to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ and to perfection for the work of the ministry. He that knew no sin, Jesus, became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Our elder brother has already entered in uh, that within the veil. Now, he has already entered in, and now we are to follow the way, the truth, and life to do the same. To escape, we see that in Luke 21, that many think that we are to keep up with the news media. That watch means to watch the world. And we get trapped. Instead of having the mind of Christ, we have a mind of the world 
and we're not transformed by the renewing of our mind because we tune into the worldly station to find out what's happening in the world. We must have an update every day. Well, we don't have our head in the sand, I realize that. But by the same word of God, we are to seek him in the leading of the Holy Ghost. It is not through watching the, the various media sites to tell us what is happening in the world and the news media. They have their own ideology and their narrative that they pretty well report on what they want to and seem essential. And you don't find much about natural Israel in the news anyway, because there is an anti-Semitic attitude through most of the world being that of agnostic or atheistic in their ideology. They blame the people of God for everything, nation of Israel as well as the church. And because of that, they want a globalist society. They want all borders to be open. They want everything to be uh, mandated by money. We find many such as George Soros and many others that have literally used their financial uh, billions and hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to move nations and to open borders to where iniquity abounds. Now, iniquity abounds and that the love of many will wax cold. Now, iniquity is lawlessness. It is that we're not and we do not keep the law. That's iniquity. We are told in the Word of God that we are to obey the law of the land. Now, we ought to obey a God rather than man. That's true. But in the civil government, that law that we are told to pray for those in authority, for there be no power that is not ordained of God. Even the king's heart is turned by the Lord in his revelation that he is doing in his timetable. God turns the heart of the king. He sets over the nations the basis of sort. God's will there is worked out just as he did in the exodus of Israel from Egypt when he hardened Pharaoh's heart. And we see in the last days that many evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. We all know that. But when we talk about a pre-tribulation rapture, that we're going to escape everything in a pre-tribulation rapture that we have in that ideology and in that God is love and not going to beat his bride, that we have come to this conclusion. When we look at the word of God, though, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, it says differently, but there's one verse that they predicate everything on for pre-tribulation rapture. And that is in Luke 21. And he talks about, in your patience, possess you your souls. And he talks about when you see all these things begin to come to pass. And he talks about the coming of the Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man office has been an ambiguous office to many. What is the Son of Man? What's the Son of God? Well, the Son of God is the redemption office of the Spirit. Now, the first mention of the Son of Man coming to the Ancient of Days is in Daniel 7.13. And why is that important? Because the Son of Man is the kingdom office, a dominion of which there will be no end, and a kingdom that shall reign forevermore, coming to the Ancient of Days. So the Son of Man includes the body of Christ. He is the head, and we, each individual member in the body of Christ, is included in the Son of Man, and Jesus states, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And he spoke of that Son of Man in the third person. But we know that the Son of Man is Jesus Christ. He is the kingdom. But we're in the kingdom, the kingdom of God, that doesn't come with observation where they say, low here, low there, but is within us. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. 
but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It requires obedience under righteousness, Romans 6. As we look at this tribulation, are we here during the tribulation, before the tribulation, we're raptured, or is it after the tribulation? And what difference does it make? Well, it makes a tremendous difference. Jesus learned obedience to the things which he suffered, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. Also, we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. But to what extent? Well, we find that in 1 Peter 4, verse 1, For as much then Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, therefore we are to be likewise minded. That's the mind of Christ. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now we see in Luke 21, that he talks about all of these things that we're going to have a testimony, the testimony of Jesus, bore before kings, magistrates, and over all the world. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Well, we see in Luke 21, the same that we see in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and he says, take heed that you be not deceived, because there will be a great deception. And we see that in Luke 21 and verse 8. He goes on and says that many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, or I am, and that means an anointing, that Christ is in them, and there'll be false prophets. John warned us of this in his epistle, 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4, and he said, Therefore try ye the spirits, whether they are of God, for many false prophets are entered into the world. Jesus said the same thing. Not just some, but many will come in my name, saying, I am. Christ is in italics, saying that I am. I am an apostle, I'm a prophet, I'm a evangelist, I'm a pastor, a teacher, I'm a bishop, or whatever the case is, and claim that they have the anointing of God. They will forecast their devices and prosper, even the Antichrist being that kind of a prophet and arm standing on his part and shall deceive many by peace. By peace he shall deceive many. He'll cleave to them with flatteries that forsake the holy covenant of Jesus. Now, Jesus said, I didn't come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword to set a man at variance. The father against his son, mother against their daughter, mother-in-law against their daughter-in-law. A man's foes would be those of his own household. So we have to search you out of the book and read. Not one of these things shall fail. Now, Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, that means that men, many men, will be out to deceive people and make merchandise of you with great swelling words of man's wisdom, but not after Christ. We are to be established in the doctrine of Christ. And he goes on and says, And the time draweth near, and go you not after them. Don't go after them. For when you shall hear of wars <clears throat> and commotions, we find in Matthew's 24, wars and rumors of wars, be not terrified. And Matthew said, be not soon shaken. Paul said it again in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, about the coming of the Lord, or gathering together unto him. That don't be shaken, either by letter from us, as he sent that first letter to the church at Thessalonica, shook them up. They thought the Lord's coming was imminent any second, any day now, Jesus could come. And Paul wanted to set that in order that he wrote a second letter to the church at Thessalonica and said, now I want you to understand that the day of Christ and the coming of our Lord and our gathering together into him, 2 Thessalonians 1, that's the rapture of the Harpazo, that we not be soon shaken in mind as a letter from us or from an angel, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Now the day of Christ for the believers, is the day that we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. That's the last trump. It's not the seventh trump. It's the trump of God. 
and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. First Thessalonians 4.17. Everyone knows that. But Paul had to write a second letter to set things in order. They jumped to conclusion. We have to be very careful. Searching the scripture for the truth, digging deep through that sand, the man's doctrine to find that rock. And then we find that rock. We build our house upon that rock. That's a wise man. And Jesus states there, he said uh, that nation was going to rise against nation. He says that in Luke 21, verse 10. And he said that kingdom is going to be against kingdom. Not kingdoms, but kingdom. Here's the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. They and a great earthquake shall be in diverse places, Famines, pestilences, fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven, from heaven itself. Then he goes on and says, but before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you. Jesus forewarned us of that in John 16. He said, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. The time comes, they're going to deliver you up out of their synagogues, out of their churches. Casting your name out for evil. Yea, the time cometh. It's coming that whosoever kills you, the believer, will think that he did God a service, John 16. Why? This they will do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. If you'd have known Jesus, you should have known the Father, for the Son of God is the Father revealed. And most do not understand that. When they asked Jesus, where is your Father in John 8? Jesus stated, you're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Then in John 8, 24, he just simply stated, except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. That is definitely a requisite for salvation. This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. John 8, 27. That is why we have judgments in the land today that will increase with intensity and frequency for us not to destroy everyone on the face of the earth, but to get us to turn again to the true Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Then he's the only Spirit of God, manifest in flesh, the Son of God. He is invisible Spirit, always has been God, and always will be God. That's the reason for the seals, trumpets, and vows, and the judgments of God in the earth to reveal that he alone is God. God stated that in Deut Deuteronomy 32. Is this not sealed up among my treasures? The treasures of God is in him, Jesus Christ, are hit all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, but it will be revealed by judgments. When judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness that he alone is God. There he is the Father of glory. There's not a Trinity, there's not a Tunis, or the oneness where the man's not God, but is uh, the Spirit. The man is God and has been made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15 45. So it'll be a great work. It's called the work of the ministry. The saints of the living God will be used as instruments of judgment in that day. And we're told in 1 John 4, this is how you try the spirits to see whether they are of God because many false prophets are entered into the world. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Well, that's the spirit of God. That one spirit. You see that in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, have a father. Only one spirit, which is of the father, of the son. It's one of the same. We see that's the revelation of Christ. It's the mystery of God and the father and of Christ in Colossians 2, 1 through 9. That mystery of God and of the father and of Christ in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But God's now revealing it. 
It's not hidden anymore. God's revealed it. Paul stated it. He said, now in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Let no man spoil you through vain deceit, tradition of men, and the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. We have to have the revelation of Christ. That's the greatest need going through the churches today is that we need Christ taught and be established in that doctrine because it's all Christ. Jesus is his name. Jehovah is salvation. We believe on the name of the Son of God, which is the Father's name. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus. Well, it's the name of the Father. Jesus, John 17 says that. The Father, I have kept them through thy name, your name. I've manifested your name when he comes in Jerusalem. Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Jesus. It's the name of the Son. It's the name of the Holy Ghost. He sends the comfort of the Holy Ghost in his name, Jesus. Well, there's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved, Acts 4.12. No, the revelation of Jesus will reveal that he is that God. And he states that among the treasures that will be revealed in the last days, Deuteronomy 32, that I am God, Jesus says, and there's none beside me. I know not any. I am God that I heal, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. Shall there be evil in the city, and I, the Lord God, have not done it? I cause it to rain on one city and not on another. And still they would not return unto me. And the judgments of God are in the earth to get us to return to the Lord. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. This is after the second day. In the third day, he will lift us up. We're in that third day now. And if we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us. Now, the coming of the Lord... There is that former rain in Acts, the second chapter, but there's a latter rain before the second advent. We see that in Acts 3, 20 and 21. For the heavens must receive Jesus. He's staying there until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, all truth, all faith. Because faith is the substance of things, so far the evidence of things not seen. Now, what is revealed in the last days? Well, all truth. What is it? It's the revealing of Jesus Christ. It's called the last book in your Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith. All things. Fullness of things the measure of faith given to each member in the body of Christ to bring forth the fullness unto perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. That's where we are now. And it's, that is given unto John to show unto his servants these things which must shortly come to pass and signified it by his angel from the Lord Jesus Christ to his, by his angel unto John, which will be in the spirit of Elijah, who must again prophesy, preach, before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings in this last day work of the ministry. So any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Well, Jesus Christ is now that quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The Son of God is come and we are in him. That is true. And we see that in 1 John, 1 John 5, 20. The Son of God is come to give us an understanding of him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son. That's a quickening spirit. The man has been made a quickening spirit. The spirit of God, there's only one. Not two, not three, only one. This is the only true God in eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols, amen. And First John, the fifth chapter, ends with an amen. Or to keep ourselves from idols. And of course, when going into uh, polytheism, more than one person in the Godhead is uh, that anarchy. 
it is a, a polytheism, more than one God. There is only one Lord. That's the Shema. It's the greatest commandment in the word of God. When the scribes came to Jesus and said, what is, when that scribe asked Jesus, what is the first commandment of all? What's the greatest commandment? What's the dominant commandment of all? Jesus answered, Mark 12, 29. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not two, not three, but one. And you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and might. The second is likened to it. Love your neighbors yourself from all this. Hang all the law and the prophets. So here are the signs of the coming of the Lord are gathering together unto him. And Paul stated that in 2 Thessalonians 2, that that day wouldn't come, or rapture, until I come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, who opposeth all that is God or that is worship, so that he as God setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, capital G-O-D. It's a great deception, great delusion, strong delusion sent by God himself, that they all might be down to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Why? Because we did not give Jesus the glory due to his name, that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that he is Jehovah, that is our Savior, our salvation. There's only one Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah 43.10 tells us that. Thus saith the Lord, that's as an invisible spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen. That's what he revealed himself in as a man. That you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. The Lord is that servant. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that invisible spirit of God, the self-existent eternal God Almighty, is that servant. And he said before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh. See there now, see there now that I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, no holy trinity. And there we have the truth. And Paul states that in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, Jesus stated Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Paul states it there immediately after the tribulation of those days. He said, at the last trump, we would be changed. Not the first trump, not the seventh trump, but at the last trump. It states that in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. The last trump is the trump of God. That's after seals, trumpets, and vows. That's after the work upon Zion, his whole work performed upon Zion, and then the Lord will return. When he comes, he gives his rewards with him. When he comes with all his holy angels, and that with 10,000 of his saints. That's the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second advent when he comes the second time, without sin and salvation for the salvation of his saints, the ones that are sanctified holy. He goes on and says that they're going to persecute you. He says that in Luke 21 and verse 12. They're going to persecute you. They're going to deliver you up to the synagogues and into prisons. Jesus stated that in uh, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So they're going to cast some of you into prison for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death. You'll have tribulation for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death. I'll give you a crown of life. Share your testimony with your own blood. Love not your lives unto the death. Let me die the death of the righteous. Let my last end be like his. Right. Blessed be they that dieth in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit from henceforth and forever, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. We love God even unto sealing our testimony with our own blood, which is a witness or a mortar. In Acts 1.8, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, mortars, even unto death. 
or the blood of the saints is the seed bed of the church and it will grow greater. And the blood of the saints and the prophets will be found in mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. It'll be a time of great tribulation. Will we be here? Of course. Goes on and says, and then you're going to be persecuted. They're going to deliver you up to synagogues and to prison, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it will turn to you for what? For a testimony. That's the testimony of Jesus, Revelation 19.10. Sell it therefore in your hearts and not to meditate before what you shall answer. In other words, take no thought what you shall speak, for it's not you that speak it, but your Father, the Holy Ghost, which is in you. I'll give you a mouth that they cannot gainsay nor resist. That's the power of God unto salvation. And he said, for I'll give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren. Notice that Paul said, he was in perils, not only of those outside, but perils of brethren trying to kill Paul. Well, betrayed both by parents, brethren, kinsfolks, and friends. Why? Because they don't understand that Jesus didn't come, he said, for peace, but rather a sword. And a man's foes will be those of his own household. Therefore, he that must hate father, mother, brothers, daughters, uh, their, and yea, hate their own lives, cannot be my disciple. Now, he meant, hey, father, mother, and wives, husbands, sons, daughters, and yea, their own life, cannot be my disciple. Except the man forsaketh all he hath, he can't be my disciple. It's a straight gate. Straight is the gate and narrow the way to lead a life. You there be that find it. But the world says everybody's going to heaven. Don't believe it? Ask them. And therefore we have in uh, this words of Jesus that it will be a time of great persecution and tribulation. We find uh, that Jesus states, you'll be hated of all men and all nations for my name's sake. And then he says, but there shall not be a hair of your head that shall perish in your patience possess you your souls. And he goes on, and he talks about Jerusalem, the nation and the city Jerusalem, totally encompassed about with armies, armies, that the Lord God himself will come at that time and destroy all of them. And the nation of Israel will be saved, but not only that nation of Israel, the ones that pride it and give glory to God, of the righteous nations that will come at the right hand of Jesus in Matthew 25. But the church of the living God, of the saints of God, there immediately after the tribulation of the day, shall the sign of the Son of Pan appear in heaven with proud power and great glory. Then he will send his angels and gather together his elect, the church, the ecclesia, after immediately after the tribulation of those days. And we know that this is pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath days. Why? Because it's stated, for then shall be a the great tribulation, such as was never was there was a nation, neither shall ever be again. A time of tribulation since it never was. No, no, nor ever shall be again. Except those days to be shortness, and no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, the church, the elect of God, it will be shortened. Then your patience possess you, your souls. And then he goes there and says that he says, This generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. That's a Christ generation. That is the generation that shall be counted for the seed of the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Now he goes on in Luke 21, and he says uh, that, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, the cares of this world, drunkenness, the cares of this life, the pressures and stress of this life. We don't focus on the, these last day 
worldly events that we think that we have to tune in to these these uh, news channels to find out what's going on, but we're led of the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. And we're not going to be, have our minds literally changed and conformed to this world by their ideology and their narratives. We're going to follow the leading of the Lord God Almighty and there we're going to escape not through a pre-tribulation rapture that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things. And that is that, that through these great and precious promises that are given to each of us, whereby we escape, not with a rapture, but we escape the corruption of the world through lust and made partakers of his divine nature. Well, how do we escape? through the great and exceedingly great and precious promises. It's through these promises of God that we receive that we're able to escape the corruption of the world through lust. It's not a rapture, but it's escape because he said to enter thou into thy chambers. Where up chambers? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We're preparing an ark to the saving of our souls, but as it was with Noah building an ark, we, the body of Christ, are building our priest chambers now through the Spirit in the revelation of the Word of God. And these priest chambers are what we're told to enter into. Now, we are definitely going through great tribulation, but that tribulation is not the tribulation, the wrath of God. We're not appointed there. It's the wrath of Satan. We see that in Revelation 12. There's a war in heaven. Michael, the great prince, standing for the children of thy people. Wars with the old dragon, the devil, the serpent, the scorpion. And there was a place found no more in heaven. The devil is casting out to the earth, saying, Woe, 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 be unto the inhabitants of the earth. By reason of the other three trumpets, the other three angels yet to sound. That seventh trumpet is not the last trumpet. That is uh, the woeful trumpets. Woe, 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 because the devil has come down to you having great wrath. That's not the wrath of God. That's the wrath of Satan. And God has already told us, take heed that we fear not him that has power to kill the body. But yet rather fear him that hath power to kill the body and destroy the soul in hell. That's who we fear. And in our patience, we possess our souls. Said some of you will be put to death. Be you faithful of death, I'll give you a crown of life. And we find that there will be many that will be slain in that day that have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb through great tribulation. That's the saints of the living God. It's not natural. Israel is the church of the living God. The nation Israel is not saved until the day of the Lord. In that day, God will turn the hearts uh, there and they will see them and then the hymn that the nations of Israel will see. They want that they pierced with a sword with every tribe apart and every family apart, mourning for one as an only son. That's in one day. But before then, there's a three and a half year, time times a half, 42 months of the last day, latter reign of the Holy Ghost in the Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry. So when he says, watch you therefore and pray always, that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. Not raptured out, just as Noah wasn't raptured out, but went through the waters there of trouble, that God destroyed the world then by water. Noah saved through the waters there of uh, baptism, a like figure. It says there, then your faces possess you of souls. Uh, and it says in the long suffering of the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, 
baptism doth also now save us. That means that God cleansed this earth and they did it by water, but in the last days, it's reserved uh, against that day of judgment by fire or consuming fire. And God's going to separate the chaff from the wheat. And it states that, it states that many times, and especially in Hebrews 12, that the Lord hath promised yet once more he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made, all man-made doctrine, all of that chaff will be removed so that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. That's the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, the man-child cut up to God and to his throne, the church of the living God. Seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire. Now take a look at these things that we will escape through building uh, our priest chambers, just as Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his soul. Through these exceedingly great and precious promises, we're going to escape the corruption of the world through lust and being made partaker of his divine nature. Take a look at Isaiah 26, 20, and it's going to tell us there in Isaiah 26, and during this time, God tells us that we are to enter into our chambers and then hide ourselves a little while. Look at Isaiah 26, 20. And he says, he talks about verse 17. There's a woman with child, a woman travailing. That's Revelation 12. We see that the church will be clothed with the sun, the moon, and under her feet upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. It's a great wonder. She's crying, travailing, and bringing forth a man-child caught up to God into his throne. That's the Christ in you. We know that, that it's not just Jesus 2,000 years ago, because it says the remnant of her seed that she will bring forth. The woman's seed, the remnant of her seed, that generation, that shall be counted for the seed, keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. That's the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the faith that we will grow exceedingly in, even unto charity, which will cover a multitude of sins. And he says that in Isaiah 26, verse 17, I'd like as a woman with child that draweth the time of her delivery. That's last day Christ's generation. Or in pain cried, cried out in her pains. So have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We've been with child. We've been in pain. We as if it were brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Then he walks and says, Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. Shall they arise? Resurrection. Awake and sing, you that dwell in the dust. For the dew is at the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Resurrection. What do we do? Well, how do we escape? Isaiah 26, 20. Come, my people, God's people. Enter thou into thy chambers. Those chambers were being built now by these exceedingly great and precious promises that are given to us, the word of God, whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust. Our hearts are not overcharged with surfeiting, cares of this life, drunkenness, revelings, and the like. But we are building these chambers now through the word of God, these exceedingly great and precious promises, and we're admonished of Paul in Hebrews 4, that take heed lest a singular promise slip any of you, that you should seem to come short of entering into his rest. That rest is that bed of rest in the Holy Ghost. And he said, come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers. You have made those chambers through the great and exceedingly precious promises in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. It will be for the saving of your souls. And he said, and shut thy doors about thee. 
just as the Lord shut the door to the ark there of Noah, after all was cannoned in the ark, God shut the door. And when he put shut to that door, then no one else could enter in. And it was seven days that there was a wait before God opened up the windows of heaven and uh, broke open the great dig, and it rained 40 days and 40 nights. Waters prevailed upon the earth for 150 days, five months, just as it will, as in the days of Noah, that Abaddon and Apollyon, that locusts ascending out of the bottom of the pit, will hurt men for five months, the same exact time as the waters prevailed upon the earth in the days of Noah. You see that in Isaiah in Revelation 9 of five months or 150 days. And we find that he says you shut the doors in your chambers that you have built through the word of God in holiness and hide thyself as it were for a little moment, just a little while, until the indignation be overpassed. Why? That's not a rapture, friend. You're entering into your chambers through the word of God. And that is why that we're praying that our fight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Why? For then shall be a time of great tribulation. Matthew 24 says so. Such as never was, such as was a nation, neither shall ever be again. What flight? Well, the flight is not a rapture. We see that in Revelation 12. There was two wings of a great eagle given to the woman, the, the body of Christ, the church. For she flieth into, not heaven, but the wilderness. That's your chambers. Where you have a place prepared of God through the word of God. Where you're nourished from the face of the serpent for a time, times, and dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days. Those are the ones there that have the word of God, and they enter into their chambers. And the Lord will come out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. It's the hour of temptation that God because we kept the word of his patience, we will be kept from the hour of this temptation entering into our chambers. The earth shall also disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Take a look also at Isaiah 10. Uh, there in 25 also, we'll see there in Isaiah 10, verse 25, and reading it there, the same chambers, God said, for yet a very little while, and the indignation shall come, and God's anger ends in their destruction, not ours, their destruction. We are to hide a little while and enter into our chambers, preach chambers, just as Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his soul, going through the waters there that destroyed the earth at that time in Noah's flood. At this time of great tribulation, as it was in the days of Noah, we will also prepare our priest chambers. We will enter to those chambers. We will hide ourselves for a little while until the indignation be overpassed. We will have that place prepared of God through his exceedingly great and precious promises where we escape the corruption of the world through lust and we're made protectors of his divine nature. We're nourished from that faith of the serpent for a time, times the biting of a time. And those we find from the time that the uh, daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate is set up shall be 1,290 days. Not 1,260, time times a half, three and a half years and 42 months in the prophetic calendar, will be 1,290 days because three and a half years, that has a second eight or 30 days and make it where the woman's clothed with the sun. It's a solar coming full 
solar, lunar, and prophetic calendars all in one. The woman clothed with the sun, the moon, and the feet upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Not just a solar, left 365, or lunar, 354, or a prophetic year, 360, but 1,290 that it is literally come to the fullness of perfection. And blessed be he that waiteth to the 1,305 and 30 days, 45 days longer, because they are preserved. How? Through their chambers that they have built. You see that in Daniel 12. So we are at this end time now. We're at the time of the end where God will do this great work and bring to pass his work, his strange work, and his act, his strange act, with judgment laid to the line, righteousness to the plummet, to reveal the height, depth, length, and width of Christ in us, making a glorious church without spot and without blemish that he's coming back for. There, we find that in uh, immediately after the tribulation, Matthew 24, we see how this works. It's given to us in this strange work and strange act in Isaiah 28. Judgments of the land, righteousness of the plummet. But how does it work? Let's take a look. This has surprised the hypocrite. And it says there in Isaiah 28 and verse 23. This will help you understand all of us. How we're not appointed to the wrath of God, but we will go through the wrath of Satan, not the wrath of God, the wrath of Satan. And he says, give you ear and hear my voice, hearken and hear my speech. Doth the plowman plow all day to sow? In other words, if God just going to preach the word and sow the seed all uh, forever, it, is there not going to be a harvest? Isn't God going to come and rapture us after the tribulation? He says, yes. Doth he open and break the clouds of his ground, and that's all? When he hath made plain the face thereof. What's the face? The glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. The face is always the glory. But after God has made plain the face thereof, a full image of Jesus. Doth he not cast abroad the fitches and scatter the coming? After God has accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, the church of the living God, the Aspera, just as he did in the former reign, he will do in the latter reign. In the former reign, there were all of the church scattered abroad whenever we're preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. And these that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. The book of Acts states that. For there was great persecution against the church, and their only abode in Jerusalem, the apostles only. The church was scattered. And after God has accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished. Daniel 12 tells us that. Well, he did it in the former reign, Acts 8. He's going to do it in the latter reign, the last great reign of his strength, before the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. After all truth and all faith is given to the church, then Jesus will come because the heavens must retain Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things. Acts 3, 20 and 21. So he states here, when he's made plain the face thereof, that face is the glory. Then he says he's going to cast abroad his fishes, scatter the coming, the seed, the the body of Christ, and cast in the principal wheat and the appointed barley and the rye in their place. Everyone will be fitly framed together in their place. We find that in Ephesians 4 in the work of the ministry, that God will fitly frame this body of Christ together and compact it to the measure of every part, the measure of faith given to each individual the body coming together, of whichever joint supplies, the bones coming together, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. Growing up into Jesus in all things, in all truth, that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. God's doing that now in sealing his saints. 
through the word of God. But how? And it says, for his God doth instruct him to discretion and doth teach him. What? For the fishes are not threshed with a threshing instrument. Friend of God and neighbor, in the like faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are not appointed to the wrath of God. He says, the fishes are not threshed with a threshing instrument. We're not appointed to the wrath of God. Neither is a cart wheel turned about upon the coming. That's us, the appointed barley, the appointed wheat. We're not appointed to the wheel of the cart or the threshing instrument. That's the wrath of God. But the fishes are beaten out with a staff. That's God's staff. And the coming with a rod. And that is, uh, O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger. That's God's rod. The staff in their hand, Isaiah 10, 5, is God's indignation. And we're beaten out with a rod and a staff. But we will not be destroyed. We're going to have great tribulation. But the Lord will provide a place there with two wings of an eagle where we will fly into the wilderness, not to heaven, but a place that we have prepared of God. That's the priest's chambers. That's where we hide a little while and enter into our chambers that we have prepared through these great and exceedingly great and precious promises given to us that we escape the corruption of the world through lust, made protector of his divine nature. And we're nourished from the face of the serpent for time, times dividing of a time. And he says here, he says uh, that the bread corn is bruised. We're bruised, not destroyed, but we're bruised because he will not ever be threshing it. We're not appointed to the wrath of God, nor break it with the wheel of his cart. That's the wrath of God Almighty. We're not appointed to that, nor bruise it with his horsemen. We're appointed there to the rod and the staff which is the wrath of Satan with the wrath of this world coming against us. Fine. Some will be put to death. Wonderful. In our patience, we possess our souls. Even though some will die and be put to death, if they will receive a crown of life, we have that promise. And it says here, this cometh forth from the Lord of hosts which is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. This is how God does it. So let's don't be deceived. We're preparing ourselves for the priest chambers now. That will be for the saving of our souls through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us. Through obedience unto righteousness unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. We want you to contact us if you feel the Holy Ghost that is bore witness with your spirit that God is gathering together us all in one. I'm not talking about a local church body. I'm talking about the body of Christ coming together. Write me. Let's meet each other and let's join one to another. Know them that labor among us that God is doing this great work now in the work of the ministry. Please call me. And that country code is plus one. 903-746-4885. Leave a message and I'll get back to you. I want to meet you. We'll work together in the work of the ministry for his great namesake, Jesus Christ. You can also email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. That's my email address for our ministers here. Sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. There we look forward to hearing from you. God is placing his body together now in a great work in this last day. Not Pentecostal, but tabernacleist that God is doing it now. Let's don't let the new wine fail in us. Let's don't let the oil languish. We're praying that everyone come unto perfection, that God literally give us, each one of us, what is lacking, that we all may be made perfect that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord. God perfect that which is like again each one of us. We pray that for each member in the body of Christ. 
Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.